Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Talking in Circles. I am Clayton Caldwell here recapping the Instacart 500 from the Phoenix Raceway in Phoenix in Avondale, Arizona. It was a race that was won by Martin Truex Jr. His dust kind of was fast in the second part of that race. We're going to break that race down, talk about who was fast, who really struggled, and what we should look forward to for the rest of the year, who really stood out to us uh, in that event. A couple of incidences where a couple of guys got into each other, one with Ross Chastain and, and Kyle Busch, the other one with uh, Cole Custer and uh, Bubba Wallace as well. We'll discuss those. And we'll take your phone calls. Also, the NASCAR Xfinity Series race, Austin Sindrick was in victory lane. We'll discuss that as well. Preview the weekend to come here at Atlanta Motor Speedway, 917-889-8280. That is the number to call here tonight. Anything you want to talk about. Uh, but let's discuss the Instacart 400, 500 from uh, the racetrack that was Phoenix Raceway. And um, it started off a little slow for Martin Sinek Sr., but at the end of that race, it seemed he had the fastest race car, was pulling away from cars. A very, very impressive win for James Small and Martin Truex Jr. Spencer today from Phoenix Raceway. What were your thoughts to see Truex standing there in victory lane uh, here on Sunday? Man, I think Spencer, I think you're on mute there, bud. But, um, yeah, what was your thoughts on Martin Truex Jr. there going out and winning uh, that race? So at 64, the laps three times for 64 laps, held off Joey Logano, who led 143 laps, probably had the best car of the day um, throughout the day. But uh, what were your thoughts on Martin Truex Jr.'s victory? For yeah, for me, Martin Truex. Go ahead, Philip. Yeah, yeah. For MTJ to go out there, one of the tracks he hasn't won at. He's not known as somebody who could generally win at the flat tracks. He's more of a. Uh, I mean, even though eight of his home track, he has eight home tracks. I think one of them is New Hampshire, but he's never won at Phoenix until today. He had a great car in general. He was able to roll the inside. He was able to roll in the PJ1. Um, James Small, it's only his second win. It's only their second win together uh, as a driver crew chief combination. And it tells you how great uh, Martin and uh, Cole Turn were together. But uh, that that was they, they were up there the usual suspects. It's been four races. It's been interesting, and a lot of people you wouldn't theoretically see up there. But today, you saw a lot of the usual suspects up there. You saw the Gibbs guys, all four of them, uh, for a lot of the race. You saw Stuart Haas racing with Kevin Harvick, and uh, I mean other guys. Even Eric Almirola finally had a good race. Briscoe at times was up there, uh, Custer, top 20. Then you had the Penske guys, all three of them were up there. Even Matthew Benedetto had a okay run. So you had the usual suspects up there. That was more kind of like the norm as what we've gotten used to here in the last couple of years. So um, Truex getting the win at Phoenix, big momentum, considering that's where they're going to be in a few months' time for a championship. And he had the best car for sure. Of course, Hendrick helped them out by three of their three of their cars not even passing inspection. 
um, having to go tailback. So um, that's probably helped part of it. No doubt about it. And um, you're right, Philip. I, I can't agree with that assessment more where the first four weeks of this season, it seemed like there were some unusual players. McDowell usually had a pretty good day. Uh, you know, a couple of guys that normally we see towards the back end of the field running up front, and you go, hmm. Uh, there is one guy who stood out to me today that, that sort of uh, – I don't really agree with that assessment, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. But for the most part, you're absolutely right. I mean, it was the usual suspects today. Uh, a great run by Kyle Larson, who sped under green and was able to work his way back up to the field. Um, he, he ended up seventh, it seemed like, really at the end of that last, the last uh, 20 laps of that race. For whatever reason, the five car just kind of faded. Um, but overall, you're right. And I'll tell you the guys, the teams that should be re- feeling really good today, obviously the 22, they finished second, Joey Logano. Denny Hamlin was third, Brad Kozlowski fourth, and Chase Elliott fifth. But the organization who should feel, be, be feeling really good is Team Penske. Uh, they had all three cars. Even Di Benedetto was up there having a decent day. Uh, but all three cars, you know, Blaney was very, very fast. It led at times on 35 laps today. Uh, Kozlowski led some, some today. Uh, Logano had, I think, the, the most complete car all day long. Uh, won a stage, finished second in the other one, and finished second in the end of the race. Uh, so it, it was certainly uh, a, a banner day, I think, for, for Team Penske. The only thing they got to be disappointed in is they didn't come around with the win. But uh, Gibbs in third, a good run for Denny Hamlin, no question. Um, led, led a little bit today, but was up there in the top five for most of the day. And, and Chase Elliott, a solid day. Wasn't the dominant car of the day like we saw him here for the championship race a few months back, uh, but a, a solid run nonetheless. He was able to go out and uh, finish in the fifth spot. So uh, the rest of the top ten, you had, um, Kevin Harvick sixth, Kyle Larson seventh, William Byron eighth, Chris Bell ninth, and Ryan Blaney tenth. Uh, so some really guys who uh, needed some good runs there as well. Um, you know, Harvick, one of them after a, a, what was pretty much a disastrous weekend for Stuart Haas, finishing sixth is his bread and butter racetrack at Phoenix. Wasn't the dominant car like we've seen from him, but was able to get a, a good top 10 out of it today. Who really stood out to you, uh, Spencer, as far as um, the top 10 is concerned for today's race at Phoenix? Yeah, probably um, probably the 12, just because how rough his season has went so far. Um, you know, he was up front. He led I don't know exactly how many laps, but he led a good uh, handful of laps there um, in the one stage. And um, you're like, okay, yeah, he's going to do pretty good. And then once again, he just kind of faded. You know, there were guys, you know, you guys mentioned that were, those are the guys you're going to see uh, up front when they unload the race cars at, uh, each week, um, no matter where you go. And Blaney hadn't done that. And normally he's one of those guys that you're going to see run top eight. Um and he came out and had speed early on and just kind of faded. Um, you mentioned the five. He, um, I tell you what is, you know, I'm not just saying this cause I'm a fan, but you know, Chase Elliott is the champion over there, but, um, based off performance this year, he's leading the way over, at, um, HMS and, uh, he had a really fast car, overcame two speeding penalties, um, had to go to the rear for failing tech twice in the beginning. And so he's, he come from the back twice, uh, really, or three times really. So, um, the car was fast, and like you said, the last, I don't know, uh, 20 laps, he just wasn't able to get going. It was getting past. So uh, those guys, you know, he's been running well all year, but you got to 
it's got to be uh, – it's pretty impressive what he's been able to do. But the most guy that stood out for me was the 12, just bringing speed. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, just because, again, it was sort of a alarms were up for Blaney for the th- first three races where you sat there and you said, he's not really running that good. And you look at today and you go, well, he finished 10th. That's a little disappointing. And it certainly is. Uh, but he won a stage, finished fifth, and they were close today. You know, they they probably got a little bit off there, maybe not keeping up with the racetrack uh, like they should have. Um, but they were close today. And, and you can sit there and say, I feel good about my run today if you're a Ryan Blaney fan. And certainly I agree with that assessment as well as, as with Kyle Larson, where it's been five different racetracks. We've seen Kyle Larson perform very, very well at all five racetracks this year. Um, you know, he, he won. He's won a race this year, so now he's just kind of playing with house money. Uh, and Byron, too, I, I've been very impressed with William Byron this year. Um, wasn't nearly as fast today, but another solid run. A top ten run, just top ten on the death, you're going to have a really good year. And, and seventh or eighth in stage one, excuse me, seventh in stage two, uh, great run for him. All day long was up there, and, and uh, you can't really um, fault him for that. Philip mentioned this guy earlier. You go a little bit deeper into the field here um, with 11 through 15, and there's a couple of guys I really want to give a shout-out to. Uh, one guy, Eric Amarola, I was hard on him last week saying I was a little concerned about this 10 car, and they're not out of the woods yet. Don't sit there and, and get me wrong here that, that, oh, this 10 car, because they have finished 11th and had a pretty good day today, that they're out of the woods and they've dug themselves out of the hole they've gotten themselves into early in the year. But uh, they needed a day to really stop the bleeding. They needed a day to, um, you know, feel good about themselves and, and get this season off on a good start. And it finally seemed like today he's always run well at Phoenix. He started 32nd, and he comes up and he finishes 11th, uh, finished 8th in stage 2, so got a couple extra points there as well for his day. So he ought to feel pretty good um, if you're Eric Amarola. The other guy I'd be really, really satisfied with to start this year, and I'm going to go look at the stats right now, just to see where what he's done so far this year. And, you know, again, um, a lot like Larson as far as we've run five races this year, and he's done well in all five of them. And uh, five top 20 finishes for this guy to start the year and three consecutive top 15s for the 47-car Ricky Stenhouse Jr. 13th at Homestead, 11th at Las Vegas, 12th at Phoenix. And he gets a lot of, he gets a lot of flack for being overly aggressive. There's no question Stenhouse can drive over his head at times, but – I tweeted out on Talking Circles, and uh, we'll discuss the other team in a little bit, but when Roush Fenway, you know, went out and made their, um, you know, to go out and get Chris Buescher and, and exercise the option on Chris Buescher at the expense of Ricky Stenhouse Jr., I think a lot of us kind of went, oof, that's really going to hurt Ricky Stenhouse Jr. for his career. Well, right now, you're looking at it and going, that might be a good thing for Ricky Stenhouse Jr. compared to how that 47 cars run this year and how off Roush Fenway was. They were uh, awful would be a, a, a compliment to them with how bad Rosh Fenway was today. They should be embarrassed and de- bury their heads in the sand. If I was Jimmy Fennick, I, would be, I wouldn't even let these coochies into the building on Monday morning until they come up with an excuse or a reason of why they were so off. They were a- atrocious today at, at Phoenix, and we'll get to them in a little bit. But that's how bad Rosh Fenway was today. But uh, not to get off to my point from earlier um, – I'm a rolling Stonehouse really should be feeling good about it. Deep in a dead a good run today. And Kurt Busch, you know, a little bit of an alarming run today for him as well. Uh, who, what, what driver really stood out to you, Philip? 11 through 15 there. Amarola 11, Stenhouse 12th, Bowman 13th, Deep uh, Benedetto 14th, and Kurt Busch 15th. Which driver really stood out to you as far as having uh, a good day or a bad day? 
Yeah, I, for who stood out, I, I mentioned Al Murillo, as uh, Rusty Wallace would call him. Um, o. Richard, uh, going and hearkening back to old podcasts for me uh, and mentioning your tweet as well. Earlier, I saw that. I mean, I was, uh, to be completely honest, it's Phoenix. They've ruined that racetrack. NASCAR and their infinite wisdom taking away grass has ruined many racetracks. They're trying to ruin Martinsville as well. But um, they, the Ricky Stenhouse, so Richard getting a top 15. He, I mean, he started 11. So honestly, that isn't that shocking. But when you're starting 32nd and you finish 11th, like Eric Almirola, and I, I'm, I'm on the, I'll be on the record here on this show, and I'll be on the record on my other show, that they should just swap crews between him and the 14 car. Uh, I know they're not going to make any change of 41 because freaking Cole Custer doesn't have to worry about his job ever. But I think for Chase Briscoe. I think uh, the crew chief combination with Bugger Rabbit should probably be a better look than what it's working with Eric Almirola. I think Eric Almirola would be a lot better back with the crew chief he had a few years ago when he came to the 10 team and they finished fifth in points. Um, This is the first really good run they've had. They've had some bad luck, some mistakes, whatever. Chris Bell sent him into, sent him to Bolivian at Daytona 16 laps into the race, but, you know, he's a guy, he's run well at Phoenix. It's a track that really suits his style. Al Merola is a great flat track driver. Getting a top 15 finish is something that he needed. Um, Points wise, you know, he's buried. He's right behind Briscoe talking about that. I mean, he's 26th in points. Briscoe's 25th in points. So, I mean, when you consider the Stuart Haas racing drivers outside of Kevin Harvick right now are 20th, 25th, and 26th in points. So it's pretty ugly. Um, Harvick being Harvick, even with not being as good as he has been in recent years, um, maybe he's taking a different strategy. I guess he's trying to be good later in the year. Um, you got to give credit to Al Marola there, Bogoravich, to get that finish. They needed that. They need to keep on putting these finishes together. Right now they are uh, 40 points out of 17th, which is still, and they're 43 points out of the cutoff. So, um You need stage points. You need to do a lot to go and get back there. But when you get past everybody that isn't really Denny Hamlin, um, you could get good stage points. You could win a stage. You could put yourself back in the play, um, even this early in the season. Oh, oh, absolutely. Listen, um, there were some guys in there, and, and I agree about Amarola. He was, to me, stood out more than anybody else as far as um, the top 15. And, and I, again, I know Stenhouse gets destroyed, but I can't help but be impressed with that. That was a very, very impressive run today. Uh, we go a little deeper into the field, 16 through 20. You have Bubba Wallace in 16th. Interesting day for him. Uh, Austin Dillon, 17th. Chris Buescher, 18th. Uh, Ross Chastain, 19th. And Eric Jones, the RPM Chevrolet, finishing 20th. 
Uh, really, there's a couple of guys here who I, I look at. One, Dylan, Austin Dillon, who I was a little disappointed in today uh, as far as their speed in that three car. Uh, Chris Buescher, I mentioned earlier, I thought it was uh, 18th was the best he ran all day. Okay, and he was a lap down at a time, and, and he was about 24th, and, and Newman was nowhere near the front. Um, you know, they this looks like Roush Fenway from 2020. Uh, you know, I know they got off to a really good start this year in Homestead. They won a stage in that 17 car, and everybody was going ranting and raving, saying, this is a new Roush Fenway. This is a new team. Uh, it might have been a little bit uh, premature because today was a disgrace that, that, that this organization is so um, ch- checkered and, and how many – uh, wins that they've had in the past, uh, it was a disgrace today. Uh, I don't know how else to explain it. Newman's very good at Phoenix, and it was a disaster. I know he sped on pit road or had some kind of issue on pit road, but they'd had no speed at all today. A disastrous day. And, and listen, um, and I'll let Spencer come in on this in a little bit here in a second, uh, but Ross Chastain, 19th, a little bit disappointing there as well. And Eric Jones, 20th. I thought Jones had a decent day, but uh, the speed just – is not there for that 43 car. We saw that last year even um, with uh, Bubba Wallace in that 43 car. But Bubba had a decent day. Um, I wouldn't say it was a tremendous day, but a decent day. He had a little bit of an issue there with Cole Custer. Um, so not really sure whose fault that was. I was listening to it on the radio at that time. But it sounded like a little bit of an issue with Cole Custer. But Spencer, the guy I want to focus on, Ross Chastain, uh, I know he's, you're, you listen to him closely. Um, it hasn't been a total disastrous year for him, but it's been a, you know, let's just rattle off his finishes. Seventh in the Daytona 500, 39th in the road course race. He got wrecked there, uh, but 17th at Homestead, 23rd at Vegas, and 19th at Phoenix. So it hasn't been a complete disaster, um, but it hasn't been great either. What's your assessment so far for that uh, 42 car through five races this year? Well, you you kind of would like to blame it on the team, but um, you really can. I mean, Kurt was pretty strong early on, um, and then he kind of was complaining on the radio or whatnot. But uh, you you know, it was one of those things. You know, um, it's I I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, the organization is uh, um, you know, it's really not the best out there, and I think we would all agree on that, and a lot of other people would too. But uh, I mean, the best we've seen that car run is when Larson's been in it. Let's face it. I mean, Larson was Larson was putting that car in the top ten right before um, he got suspended and whatnot. And then you put Kenseth in it, and it did the same thing. Way worse as what it's doing the same thing as Ross. So, um, and Ross is actually doing a little bit better than what Kenseth did. So, I think it's something with that forty-two bunch because um, you, like I said, you see the one that's up there, and you're like, man, why can't the forty-two do that? And um, and there was races where Larson was kind of in the back, and then you had Kurt. So that organization is just kind of – it's twisted. It's a little mixed up. Um, you know, I don't know. You know, you look at Ross, what he was able to do in the truck series. He would put the uh, – he'd put the truck up front and win races. And in the Xfinity series, he had the best average finish all year last year with Colleg in the 10 car. And then he gets to this. I mean, it's, it's not his driving ability. Um, I just think it's the team and – uh, you know, I, 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 I agree. I would, I would have to say if he was in a top right organization, say Hendrick or Penske, um, he would, he would be in top tens and top fives. Um, I just, I, and I think that he's an aggressive driver. He's, uh, and he, he, he wants to get everything out of the race car and he just hasn't been able to do that. So, uh, he was running decent at the Daytona road course until he got bumped by Blaney, whatever that was. But, um, 
other than that, it's just been kind of that those finishes that you just uh, named off 23rd, 19th, somewhere around there. So right. uh, a little bit disappointing. And um, I mean, what can you do when you don't have a car? I mean, you can put Kyle Busch in the double zero car and he's not going to win. So it's uh, they need to figure it out because, you know, it, you have a good driver behind the wheel and it, it kind of makes the driver look bad and you're sitting there going, why can't he get up and compete? Well, he doesn't have the race car. So uh, yep. I'd like to see him do well, but it's, it's the name of the game, I guess. So, it's funny you mentioned Kyle Busch, and I just want to t- touch on this. Uh, he's not really winning right now either, and we're going to discuss him in a little bit. Um, but as far as Chastain's concerned in that 42 car, I do think Larson, and uh, I think it's pretty clear now, was masking a lot of issues on that 42 car. They made a crew chief change last year, remember. Chad Johnson was removed from that car, and he had a – I don't know if you guys saw the ARCA race, but he had a little bit of a, of a flub in that race too this week. The ARCA uh, – I think it was the ARCA West race at Phoenix – uh, where they fueled the car when they weren't supposed to, when they were putting tires on, and it really cost, um, uh, I think it was Taylor Gray, some track position. It really cost him. So uh, Johnson didn't have a great week either at Phoenix. But getting back to the point, um, yeah, I think he was masking a lot of problems with that 42 car. Um, and uh, maybe there's some reevaluation at the end of this year to, to really change some things. Obviously, with the new car coming next year, that changes everything anyway, and there's probably not going to be much, um, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I don't want to get too far off and hinge on a new car, but um, yeah, it, it it certainly. I think a lot of people thought, well, Ross can get in that car and it's going to go up front. And right now, they've been sort of a top twenty team all all year. They haven't really done much better than that. They haven't really, um, you know, gotten done much worse than that. It's just been sort of right there. So uh, we'll see if they can figure it out here as the season moves on. But a little bit of an interesting deal with that. And uh, I'm going to get to Kyle Busch here, guys. I know I talked about that a little. Or I just mentioned it now. Um, but uh, disappointing day, sixth in stage one, didn't finish in the top ten in stage two, um, but was, you know, when you look at his teammates, Hamlin having a good day, um, also uh, Truex winning, obviously, and then you had Christopher Bell, who was pretty good as well. Bell, tenth in stage one, ninth, and he ended up ninth in the final st- uh, standings there. So all three of his teammates had a pretty good day, uh, but Kyle Busch was struggling. He had He started off okay, but as the race went on, it, it seemed like he got really off and then a, a spun and then uh, had some kind of issues as well. Um, Philip, I'm going to go to you. You know, I, I hate sort of making this a, a uh, as far as being boring on this show, making this an issue every week, but it's just such a, a very, he's such a very, he's such an interesting driver and such a talented race car driver. It's when you see something like this today where they were off uh, that 18 car and his teammates are very, very good. Uh, it's alarming. And, you know, I think everybody thought last year with Adam Stevens, well, um, once they make some changes there with Ben Bishore, he's going to do fine. Um, he hasn't been great this year. You know, you look at his standings and, and the point standings right now, and if I told you Kyle Busch was 15th, you'd go, what? He's 15th. Ryan Priest is ahead of him in points right now. And I know it's early and there's five races in, and Priest has you know, kind of come back down to earth here the last couple of weeks. But still, that's a little bit um, – and, and Blaney, who we've kind of hammered this year early on and said he hasn't had a lot of speed in that 12 car, he's better than him in points right now. So it's a little bit alarming right now when that 18 car had a good run last weekend at Las Vegas but comes back down again there here, Phillip, at Phoenix and struggles. What are your thoughts on the 18 car? It's interesting because, you know, Clayton, I was thinking he was in their Xfinity race. Uh, but I was always because he usually always runs Phoenix, 
and the way things have been so far this year, I thought he would run Phoenix. Uh, but Ty Gibbs, um, you know, grand, grandpa's money, but he has talent, was in the 54 car. And it was uh, interesting because I think Kyle Busch, you know, we talk about the whole practice thing. We talk about it for, I don't know, it was ever since the pandemic hit. And it's becoming apparent. Um, if it wasn't apparent before, this is one of Kyle Busch's better racetracks. I don't know if there's very many racetracks that you could say is a bad Kyle Busch racetrack when you consider he's won like over 200 races across all three um, major series. Um, he's had a lot of great equipment across that time too, which helps. But yeah, today when you look at Truex, Hamlin, Bell, and of course Truex and Bell are both have wins this year. Hamlin's won three stages and he's the big points leader, literally a whole race ahead right now in points. And then Kyle Busch is only um two points ahead of O Richard. Uh it's not a great look. It also is kind of disconcerting to see him not running M and M's today. He was running Stanley. Uh, and it was kind of a bland car in its own right. And then him and Ross got into it and it became less than a bland car because it was damaged. Uh, it was definitely not his best uh, performance at Phoenix. He'll probably be angry. He's won at Atlanta a couple times before. I don't know if he's running the triple header, but if he wasn't running a triple header, I think he might go and reconsider because it will be more dramatic for him to come from tailback to go and win the truck race. But um, you can go and, unlike last year when it was with Adam Stevens, it's more growing pains with Ben Bayshore. I think I I feel bad for Ben Bayshore in this spot because everyone's going to go and hold him up to that kind of standard of Kyle Busch, even though he's trying to learn being in the cup series, no practice with, with the different rules packages that are going on. It's kind of a bad situation really um, to be put into uh, when you consider the kind of um, where the stature of Kyle Busch is. Uh, It's kind of an unfair situation for him, but we'll see what happens. Atlanta's a track that could kind of go and equal things out the Bristol dirt is a wild card uh, in this whole entire deal. So maybe his next couple of races could kind of go and even things out before we get towards um, Easter. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, again, you're right, Philip. It's five races in, the shore's a new crew chief, learning all that kind of stuff. But I just think people thought, you know, Stevens is gone, they're going to get off to a good start. And it's just been – blah again this year and and i know this package is you know insane and uh at times and it, it's not what kyle bush is used to and what kyle bush does good but you know again his teammates are running great i mean bell had a, it's had a pretty good year this year compared to last year and uh he's just been off uh, another guy spencer i was a little concerned about today and and just because when you look at the point standings you don't realize how far back he is and you know there's team. There's drivers who get into a hole, and you say, "Well, they got they got this team that that speed they can get out of it." Um, 
this guy's with a team that I wouldn't call him the a top notch team anymore. I'd call him more of a middle of the road team with the Ganassis and the Rashes of the world. Um, and if it wasn't for his second place run at Homestead, uh, it would be we'd be looking at this season a lot different for Tyler Reddick. Twenty uh, second last weekend at let me roll off his finishes. Twenty seventh at Daytona, thirty eighth at the road course at Daytona, second at Homestead. We knew that, but he, he remember. Even in that race, he didn't get many stage points. He that that second place run came from way back. If you remember, he, he um, you know last I think fifty laps, he came from like fifteenth to second. Um, Vegas twenty second didn't get any stage points there either. And then Phoenix say a little bit disappointing. I think they had some issues as well on an eight car, but they're not getting stage points. They don't really have that speed. And this is Reddick's second year now. You know, I feel like last year if they had this start, you could sit there and you'd go, it's a rookie year. But you thought you'd see a little bit of progress with this eight car, and right now it seems like they're struggling a little bit. Are you concerned at all about Tyler Reddick? There's no question he's got skill when it comes to tracks that where the tires wear, like at Homestead, um, and you know you can run the high lane and really get going. But um, as far as being a, a complete team and a complete driver, where do you assess that eight car right now, uh, Spencer? Are you concerned at all for Tyler Reddick considering he's 27th in the standings right now? I mean, he's not going to make the playoffs. Um, and I would have told you that from uh, race one at Daytona. I just don't think that organization is anywhere um, close to winning a championship or making the playoffs. And um, you think about it, the three really doesn't run all that good either. The three runs decent. The three is consistent enough to make the playoffs. Um, the three, I don't want to say luck when he won at Texas last year, but um, he's not a car that you're going to say, when you go to a racetrack, man, that's three car. He's going to be hard to beat. He's going to win. You don't, you just don't say that. So I don't think that organization is anywhere close um, to being championship contenders and playoff contenders, really. Um, Yeah. The three did really well in round one, but you know, you can't just sit there. I mean, he's been in cups since 14. We can't go off one round, one good round that he had. He's been nowhere near to win a championship since he's been in the cup series. And, um, the eight car was a disaster when Hemrick was, was in it. Uh, and, you know, Homestead's just such a good track for um, Reddick. So, you know, he, you, you, you do expect him to go there and run well. You know, I think uh, when Homestead comes around, you're like, man, Reddick's got a good shot. And he does. And he proved that he did. He did. So, but I, uh, he's not going to make the playoffs, and I'll say that right now. If he does, he, it's because he sneaks in a win at Talladega or the last race at Daytona in August. But as far as, uh, you know, winning on a normal track, it's not going to happen. So, um, and I, I like Reddick. I think he's a hell of a race car driver, but it's, like I said, you're, you're only as good as your cars are can be. You can, uh, you know, you can, you can only push a, shop, a shopping cart so fast. It's, it's the same thing. I mean, the car will only go as fast as it can go. And when you're out competing with the big boys, um, the Harvicks, the Bushes, the Truexes, and those teams that are on top, top-notch money not saying rcr is not but they're a little behind those teams and you know i i would say we all three would agree on that um you know so i mean it, it once again it's a product of the game you have to be on your stuff your cars have to be faster you're just going to be left behind and uh you're going to be in a big hole yeah you're right about that about the three car and all that as far as dylan you know not really being a consistent uh threat to win races and today he was a little disappointing as well but Dylan right now is 12th in the standings. And when you think about guys, and I listen, I'm not trying to hit, kill Tyler Reddick here because I don't think it's Tyler Reddick at all. 
Uh, I think Tyler Reddick's a very, very, very talented race car driver. But the reason why I brought him up is because, again, he's 27th in the standings. And when you look at the standings as far as teams that are, you would consider the top 30 teams that are competitive, the rest of the teams are, you know, they're not even in the conversation. But top 30 drivers who are competitive, he's fourth to last in that. Um, And when you think about really good race car drivers, what really good race car drivers do is they elevate their team. And I think if we kind of took a poll early in the year and we said, where would Tyler Reddick be in points after five races? We'd probably go top 20, 20th, 19th. That's about where that team should be. Uh, And Reddick will get them maybe a couple of spots, so maybe 18th, 17th, um, right around there. And he's 27th, and it's just been a little bit disappointing there. Um, you know, I, I like doing a, a crew chief analysis right around Easter time, and I'm, I'll come up again with that right around Easter time. But that would be one guy I would keep an eye on in 2021 here if things don't pick it up. Because I think Richard Childress even expects more from that eight car. Um, and, again, Reddick, we saw what he could do at Homestead. It was incredible. Um, but a very um, – I just think an underwhelming start to the year for that eight car. And, and um, you know, Atlanta's a track, I think it's pretty similar to Homestead. And then he's got, of course, the dirt, which is his background at Bristol. So uh, those two races, you can get a lot of points. And, and, you know, maybe when I get to Easter, Reddick's 20th in the standings. And, you know, I'm saying, oh, they, you know, last two weeks have been tremendous. Um, and that is possible. But uh, just a little bit off so far to start this year early for them in that eight car. Philip, I want to talk to you about this. Um, what about the fact that we've had five winners, five different winners to start this year? The record in the modern era, I actually went back and did some research here. Um, the record to start the year for different winners is 10 back in 2000. We had 10 different winners to start the year in 2000 before Dale Jr. won again and made at, in race 11, and he was the first repeat winner of the year. Um, do you think there's a trend that will continue? Or, you know, it was an interesting debate we had on frontstretch.com this week something I kind of want to extend here to us. Um, do you think this is something that can continue throughout the year as far as uh, different winners to start the season, different winners throughout the year, considering we have a, a completely different schedule here in 2021? Or do you think that we'll eventually have to have a high knots and, uh, you know, a couple of guys are going to rattle off a, a boatload of victories here like we kind of saw in 2020? What are your thoughts? I mean, I think we're going to see a different winner next week at Atlanta uh, based on how things have laid out. Um, I also feel like the way things are going, we might see a different winner at the dirt race, even though young money is, is would probably be the betting favorite along with Christopher Bell. Uh, can't count out Chase Briscoe. He's going to be in a truck. He's not done much of anything so far in his rookie year, but it's a wild card race. It's similar to what Cole Custer did. He backed in to the playoffs and he was able to do something. So you think anybody with a dirt background um, and somebody like Briscoe, of course, is one in a truck at Eldora, uh, there, there's opportunity there. Um, of course, Easter will come up. And then I think once the Easter break passes, I think we're going to go and see a repeat winner at uh, Martinsville or Richmond, whatever. I think one of those two races will 
end up seeing a, a, a repeat winner. Um, if it is in Martins, it'll be Richmond, Richmond, Martin, like, vice versa. So it, it's nice to see the kind of uh, parity that exists in the last year of this Gen 6 car. Um, hopefully they'll move these cars into whatever Xfinity and ARCA or especially ARCA because they need help. But, you know, in the Xfinity series, they'll use these chassis and they'll be able to move them to Xfinity and trucks uh, because the money value that's involved in these cars is way too much relative to what kind of performance we kind of get from them. Uh, but, yeah, I, I would like to see seven different winners. I, I hope there are seven different winners before we get to um, – the the Martinsville Saturday night race at Martinsville after Easter break um, it'd be cool um, and because it's a night race it'll be probably a little bit more you know, carnage because it'll be a one groove racetrack and a lot of grip so you know, we'll see how everything lands out but um, it's been a a, a, a race so far this year, five races in, five different winners. Um, it all really started when McDowell ran over the Penske team, and uh, it's went from there. A couple Hendrick guys, redemption arcs going on, and um, Chris Bell getting his first win. And of course, Chris Bell's a dirt track ace, so he's a former winner. Kyle Larson's a former winner at uh, Eldora. So uh, there's a likelihood that the the run could end at the Bristol Dirt Race, and we'll probably talk about that next week. But um, I think there's going to be a different winner uh, next week at Atlanta. There's too many good guys that haven't won this year uh, that have been up front, whether it's Hamlin or, or Keselowski or Logano, Kyle Busch. You know, you talked about Reddick, who has never won a cup race. This is his kind of track these next two weeks. That's another wild card kind of option. Uh, so I, I think there's a lot of um, open parity because, you know, these cars really aren't going to be used after this year. So it kind of opens things up. But the engines have to be used over multiple races, which kind of affects things a little bit more. Um, than it would have been in previous years. Yeah, it's it's certainly interesting dilemma if we're sitting here in 2021 because of all the stuff you mentioned, parts freeze and there's all kinds of stuff going on, um, and the, the schedule is so much different than years past, and that sort of throws a curveball to a lot of these teams. Um, I do think we're going to see some a repeat winner here, uh, maybe Atlanta, Byron or Larson pulling off there as well, so. It's going to be interesting um, to see how this year plays out, but because it's just been so different. Because right now, you know, you look at the field, and uh, sure, Harvick and Newman, you got your veterans, but there's a lot of drivers who um, I would consider young. You know, t- t- 12 years are under in their careers, where they still got a long way to go. Um, and you know, right now, um, if you got more than 12 years or more than 10 years, you're a, a grizzly old veteran in the Cup Series. So. Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see um, how that all plays out. Spencer, final thoughts on the cup race at Phoenix. What did you think of the racing? I know the PJ1 got a lot of attention during the Xfinity race. 
Uh, it seemed like NASCAR made some adjustments overnight to this PJ1, and it got, uh, I think, a little bit better uh, in the cup race today. I think a lot of people were pretty happy with as far as um, and not being totally a one-groove racetrack. But what do you think of the race in general and your final thoughts on Phoenix before moving to the Xfinity race? Yeah, I think they need to do away with it. Um, I mean, uh, I don't even know where to go with it. I mean, really, I mean, you you know, you know drag racing as, you know, they're putting um, the sticky stuff on the racetrack, whatever. I forget what it's called. Phillips, you can say it after. But, uh, um, That's the they, one. Okay, same stuff. Yeah, so uh, that's known for it. I mean, those guys are doing 300 down a drag strip. You know, you, you need something. Um, NASCAR, I just I don't think a car is – I don't know. I think it's okay at Bristol. I don't know. I just – I wish they would do away with that. I wish the track – if, you know, your car can't handle the racetrack, tough pity. Come back next week. Um, so, I mean, I really wish they would stop doing – now, some races, don't get me wrong, it's good. Even if it's good, I kind of wish they would go away with it. I, I want to see the cars on a natural racetrack. I want to see them on a, weather, a weathered racetrack, track that's been beaten in the sun all year, um, especially out in the uh, desert. You know, you got sand, and all that stuff affects the racetrack. People's going to be like, oh, sand don't affect the race. No, it does. Um, the rain sitting on it, um, that stuff affects the racetrack. And when you go put a substance over top of the racetrack, it changes it. I want to see the natural asphalt, concrete, uh, when we go to Martinsville, that type of racing. Um, you know, some people might disagree. Some people might think they like it, but um, do away with it. And as far as repeat winner, I think uh, the five car will win the next two races. He led 142 laps in 2019, and he led 56 the year before. So, uh, And he's in a better race car. So uh, we'll see Larson, a three-time winner after Bristol Dirt. <laughs> Love it. Um, yeah. You brought some really good points about the PJ one, um, and you know Philip remembers the days, and, and I'm, I'm, I think it was a little bit before your time, Spencer. So forgive me, but uh, what's interesting about the PJ one is we never saw it, you know, back in the '80s and '90s in NASCAR. So when we think of NASCAR's heyday, we kind of sit there and go, "Well, me personally as well." Um, but what I'm getting at is, you know, back in the '90s and '80s, NASCAR would make a lot of rule changes um, during the season. You know, they, they could take, you know, uh, lower the roof on this tea, on this manufacturer, take it a quarter inch off the spoiler for this manufacturer, et cetera, et cetera. They would make rule changes constantly. And what that was was to entice better racing or, you know, um, make one, you know, if one manufacturer seemed a little bit off, they would try and give them a little bit more of a competitive advantage. Um, so it was a, a real a moving target every week. And what the owners got tired of was, you know, spending the money to make those changes and, you know, testing for as much as they tested back in back then. And for one completely one setup and then NASCAR would completely change it when they go there in three weeks. So it was cost savings. They, they don't test anymore. They don't really even make rule changes during the year anymore. It's sort of the same package throughout the year. So what you, what I think a lot of these, what NASCAR is try, trying to do is create better racing by the PJ playing down a PJ one and creating a second groove. It's an indirect science. There's no question about that. Um, I, that's why I don't like it because I think it's such a sort of hit or miss thing. You know, today was a little bit better than yesterday. I thought yesterday was not what we wanted at all. 
um, with the PJ1, but I'm not sure the Xfinity cars even need PJ1 considering what their package is. Uh, the Cup Series package is insane. Um, but, yeah, I just, you know, I understand their thought process in a way because they want they can't make changes to these to these packages anymore because the owners are going to go crazy, um, like we saw back in NASCAR's heyday. And so what they're trying to do is figure out another way to generate more passing, generate two lanes, and PJ1 is what their solution is to some of these racetracks. It's a little scary that you got to do it at a place like Phoenix, which holds a championship race, but that's a different discussion for a different day. 917-889-8280, that's the number to call. We're moving to the Xfinity Series race. Uh, the call, 811 before you dig 200 from Phoenix Raceway, of course. Uh, the race was won by Austin Sindrick. Ty Gibbs finished second. Brendan Brown, a great run for him in third. Riley Herbst fourth. A.J. Allmendinger uh, in fifth. It got crazy at the end between um, a couple of restarts there that were just mind-boggling, insane. And, you know, as much as I love restarts, sometimes – People get so crazy on restarts. It almost ruins, you know, everything that that happened prior to it. Uh, a couple of guys got into, um, you know, uh, big problems there. Brandon Jones wrecked, who had a good race going. Haley lost some spots. And Daniel Hemrick won a stage again, uh, stage two, but, you know, kind of got run over on that restart there at the end. Uh, he finished 23rd. But overall, Philip uh, Austin Cedric was was victorious. Goes with your lane led four times for 119 laps. Uh, most importantly for him, six playoff points since he won earlier at Daytona this year. He's locked in anyway. But what were your thoughts on uh, the race at Phoenix for the Xfinity Series? Yeah, it's uh, Gumby going and doing what uh, he had to do. Uh, a lot of carnage around him. Won one stage. Dominated the race in general. Other than him, it was... There was only three drivers that really did anything. It was uh, Sindrick, uh, Hamrick, who ended up hitting the fence. He won one state, hit the fence late, and kind of threw it away. And uh, Allgaier, who, who, you know, did his usual Allgaier thing. But um, the fact of the matter is, Sindrick is just kind of preparing. Uh, this is... He he's rolling with house money. He, he's he's been rolling with house money for a long time, but in this case, he won a championship last year. He won at Phoenix, um, and now he knows he's going to be in a 21 car next year. But he's won two races. He got a Daytona win for Roger Penske in the Xfinity Series. It, he's he's got nearly a 50 point lead five races into the season. Uh, regular season championships likely um, on deck, and we're in, that isn't for another 15 races from now. But um, the only person that's in the in the conversation is Hemrick, and Hemrick gave up 20 points uh, there late in the race. So um, the the reality is Sindrick is going to be there. It's just a case of how much of a gap or how much he's gonna, how much of cushion he's gonna have to get into a position to make it to Phoenix, and then Hemrick, he's a points guy. He is a guy that, if we had a full season championship, would be an unbelievable candidate because I think he'd have, even though he can't win, he's a points racer. Um, I think eventually. It may happen next week, 
Uh, He's a guy that here in the next few weeks, the way the schedule lays out, um, is a guy that's going to be able to win or finally win a race. The only thing that's really going to cost Austin Sindrick the second championship is the fact that A.J. Allmendinger is probably going to be willing to hook him uh, and put him into the weeds and put him in a fence. So we'll see how that all works out. But um, credit to Brandon Brown. Uh, you know, there's other guys. The 98 actually had a good finish for once. The 74 got a top 10. Brett Moffitt, top 10. Jeremy Clements, another top 10. Uh, Mark Setzer has been on the show. You mentioned that on Twitter. Uh, Clayton and, um, you know, another top 10 finish for them. Uh, Jeremy Clements is in top 10 in points. He's only three points out of ninth, Brandon Brown. Uh, So a good deal for some of the small teams here in this sport. Uh, Ninth to 10th of the points right now. Um, you have some guys that are running, that have run every race this year. Um, Herbst, of course, basically only had one good finish. Um, he he was 19 in points, now he's 12. You know, Michael Annette lost two spots. Landon Castle's not running for the biggest team. So that'll be a little bit of a battle there. Allgaier, um, he, he's... Uh, gain four spots, he's now in 11. So we'll see what happens with that. But, yeah, Cindric, it, it's a case of um, how he's going to win this second championship, not how, when he's in Like, he's going to win this deal. You, you brought up a lot of good points there. Uh, one, Cindric, certainly a guy, when you look at these road courses come, you know, on the schedule, there's a ton of them in Xfinity. Obviously, great road racer. Almendinger is too, and that's where I think you know AJ is going to really shine. Uh, is on these road courses. It's going to be a battle, and you brought up a good point about Hemrick as well. He's more of a points guy, but to me, Hemrick Hemrick has to win. Um, and it does seem like right now, everybody else to me, other than those, other than those three, and I know uh, Jeb Burton's had a really good start to the year as well. He sits third in points as well. But um, you know, we haven't really seen him lead a lot of laps or win any stages so far this year. But uh, Almendinger, Hemrick, and Cindric to me stand out over the other, the rest of them. Now, somebody could emerge here. That's what makes this racing so much fun. Is you know, there's always learning and there's always stuff going on. A couple of guys I'm a little concerned about, though. We go deeper into the field, um, and he's got he's had speed this year. He almost he should have probably won Homestead, although you know, there was a problem at the end of that race uh, for Noah Gregson. Uh, he's 19th in the standings. Had a little bit of an issue t- uh, this weekend. But the guy I'm really concerned about, and somebody we, we root a lot for, and he's changed manufacturers this year, and we're kind of sitting there going, hey, he's um, he's a great guy. He does his own deal. Ryan Sieg is 26th in the standings. Look at his season so far, 31st at Daytona, 27th at the Daytona Road Course, a solid run in eighth, of course, at Homestead, but 38th at Vegas, he crashed, and then 37th this weekend at Phoenix. Um, he needs a big run here. He's got to start. Point, getting some points here to feel good about himself. Spencer, when I look at him and really Gregson, those two guys really stand out. Anybody else stand out to you as far as guys you're concerned about? There's another guy I, I would be concerned about, but I'll, I'll let, let it up for your imagination here. Um, anybody else you're concerned about as far as playoffs are concerned 
as far as full-time drivers. Not too concerned. I mean, as far as, you know, the big-name drivers, you know, I feel like, um, you know, they're – they're going to make the playoffs. You know, you think about last year, you know, pretty much the playoffs was locked up. I want to say like week 10. You remember how boring it was? No, I mean, there was no, um, how can I say this? You knew that whoever was in that top uh, 12, that's who was making the playoffs uh, for the longest time. I feel like maybe more than half the season, that's who the uh, championship guys were going to be. Uh, I think that was last year. Um, so yeah, I mean, you got the guys, I don't really see anybody that's back there. I guess maybe, um, Riley Herbst, uh, I really don't, he's probably the guy that I don't see making the playoffs as far as a big organization. Um, for some reason, I mean, you look what that car did last year. Yeah, it's a different driver, but that car, no way is that far off from where it was last year. There's no way. I just don't see that car falling off as much as it did. I mean, that car won how many races? I can't remember how many Briscoe won. Won a ton. Like, a lot. Um, And then to where it's running now, nine. Yeah, it was a handful. He won a lot of races. Um, And each week, and if he didn't win, he was right there in the mix. Um, You know, top three. So, what that car is doing this year is, is pretty pathetic. Uh, knowing that it's Stuart Haas and um, not a good look for Hurst, but it doesn't matter. Uh, Monster uh, dropped off a massive check uh, to the front door of the Stuart Haas organization, and, and you know, they put the kid in it to drive the race car. I mean, I would like to know the amount, of che- the amount that check was that Monster's on board. So uh, definitely not living up to the Chase Briscoe phenomenal year that he had last year. So I would say the 98. Um, probably misses the playoffs. Yeah, that's a good that's a good call um, for sure. I hurts, you know, he's had a tough year. There's no question. He's 12th right now, which would be the cutoff. Um, but you know, he has been a little off, and I know he had a little. Everybody's gonna say, well, a lot of his directs weren't his fault this year. True, but those things have a way of coming back around. Uh, the other guy I'd be really concerned about, and. Um, it's just because of the fact that, you know, like you said, Spencer, there's going to be a little bit more competition for that 12th spot than maybe in years past. And he's just not been great this year as Michael Annette. Uh They changed crew chiefs on that car. Remember last year he had uh, Travis Mack, who's now over with Trackhouse Racing, and Daniel Suarez. Um, so they got Mike Bumgarner there this year, and it might take a little bit of a learning curve for that one car to, to sort of pick up to where they were a year ago. He's only got one top 10 on the year, and that was sixth at Vegas. Uh, not great on the road course. He's not a great road course racer, and there's a lot of them this year. So he's somebody to keep an eye on just because he's not off to a great start. They had a little bit of engine issues um, at Phoenix. So uh, something to keep an eye on just moving forward. Uh, Xfinity, of course, they run next week in Atlanta. As Philip mentioned earlier, it's a triple header weekend at Atlanta Motor Speedway this weekend for all three series, Cup, Xfinity, and Trucks. Trucks Friday, Xfinity Saturday, Cup on Sunday, of course. That's a triple header weekend. Okay, guys. Let's get to our fantasy picks before we sign off here tonight. Uh, I know this is kind of everybody's favorite section of the show, but let me just say this quick. Heading into Phoenix, uh, we had uh, the point standings looked like uh, Spencer with 29 points, Clayton with 20 in second, 
and then uh, eight points for Phillip in third. Um, the picks for Phoenix, uh, Phillip picked Chase Elliott, and his dark horse was Alex Bowman. Uh, Clayton picked Denny Hamlin. His dark horse changed from Chris Buescher to Ryan Newman. We'll explain that in a little bit. And then Spencer um, had Brad Keselowski, and his dark horse was Bubba Wallace. So uh, let me just say this quick. You know, we've, we've kind of agreed on the show here since this is a new segment that our dark horses are going to be somebody who is currently outside of the playoffs. That's going to be our dark horse pick. That's the agreement now. So uh, the pick really sh- should be somebody who's in the playoffs, and the dark horse is going to be somebody who's outside. You don't have to pick somebody that's in the playoffs for your winner, but generally you're going to, uh, and the dark horse should be somebody outside of playoffs. So uh, with that being said, after coming into Atlanta now, the point standings look like this. Uh, Spencer picked up six points to 35. Clayton's got 24. He picked up four points with Denny Hamlin. And then uh, Phillip won Phoenix with an eight-point day, uh, four points for for Chase Elliott. Yeah, And then Phillip. four points for Alex Bowman. So he's got 16 points now, uh, double the uh, I'm in the year. I'm in the conversation finally. only took me five finally... races at that rate. <laughs> Well, we're, we might get there by by uh, Phoenix here in November. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I Listen, it was a good good couple picks by you for Chase Elliott for sure. Um, but, listen, let's go to Atlanta. A little bit uh, different racetrack cons- uh, for sure than Phoenix. The, uh, it probably might be as same as um, Atlanta – or, excuse me, as Homestead when you think about – in Homestead and the fact that tires wear Atlanta's in the same boat there. Um, but we're going to start with Phillip again since he's, he's the bottom man on totem pole again here. Uh, but uh, who's your pick for Atlanta, Phillip? And then give me a dark horse. I'll pick Brad, uh, Brad Keselowski. He's won there multiple times. I'm leaving uh, a certain driver for a certain person on the show by doing that. Uh, but, I'm going to pick Brad because he's won there multiple times. It's a track that suits his style. Um, he's been able to win there when he hasn't had the best car. He's won there with the best car. He's second in points. Um, he should have a Daytona 500 win. He probably could have at least one other win here um, early in the season. Um, it's a different angle to come into this uh, championship. Him and Denny Hamlin are doing the same kind of thing, even Logano. Uh, But I'm going to pick Brad Keselowski as my winner. Um, Outside, in terms of a wild card pick, um, people that aren't in the playoffs. I'm going to go – I'm going to go – Outside, I'm going to go really, really far out based on the way points are. And it's based on how he's able to do a certain thing. We talked about him. You guys talked about him. Tyler Reddick, um, he's buried. But Atlanta Motor Speedway, these next couple of weeks fit very well for Tyler Reddick and his skill set. And, um, he probably could have won Texas if he had sent bald spot into the wall. He should have. But um, Reddick's 27th in points. He needs a lot of help. He's whatever the heck, 30, 40, 44 points out of the cutoff right now. So he needs a lot of help. So um, 
the guy that's driving the two car right now and the guy that I think is going to be in is going to end up driving the two car uh, here soon enough. Uh, I pick uh, Brad Keselowski and uh, Tyler Reddick as my picks for Atlanta. Good picks for sure. Uh, Brad's had a really quietly has had a really good year this year so far. Uh, he, he's one of those guys again, who um, runs good everywhere and he's done that so far this year. It's just been a, a quiet, isn't one hasn't won a ton of stages, but you look at it and you go, he's done a really good job this year uh, for that two team. So um, even when his teammates were off a little bit, a couple of weeks back, you know, Brad was up there battling. So uh, for sure, I, I think you should be, um, that should be a pretty safe bet there for Brad Kozlowski. Uh I'm going to go next just because I'm second in points. We'll let the leader pick last year like we always do. Uh, and I'm going to steal this guy. And I know uh, he's not going to be happy with me, but I'm going to take Kyle Larson. Uh, Spencer's not going to be happy with me with that. But, you know, I got to do turkey. what's smart here. <laughs> I got I to gotta do what's smart here. And uh, Larson's a, you know, we saw what he did at, at uh, Homestead. He's a heck of a race car driver. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to go Larson. I don't really think there needs to be too much explanation there as to why I would go Kyle Larson here at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Um, my pick for it, my, my wild card pick, or dark horse, as I like to call it, uh, it's going to be a little bit more, it'll be a lot harder. Um, you know, the guy I would normally go with is currently in the playoffs, so I can't go with him, guy who I've been pressed with, Stenhouse, but I can't go with him. Um, it's... There's just so many guys, and that's what makes this pick fun. When you get towards the back end of the field, there's so many guys who you say, well, they could have a good run, but they've had a tough year. They've done this. They've done that. They haven't been consistent. Um, and Newman really bit me in the back butt this week. He was awful. And I won't go with Roush Fenway again. Um, so I'm going to go – I think I'm going to go with um, – let's go with Cole Custer. And I know that might surprise some people, but he's run Homestead and Xfinity pretty good. Um, in the past, he, he dominated the race there a few years back when I went there, uh, my honeymoon. So I'm going to go Cole Custer. I think he can pull off a decent run uh, in my dark horse pick. Spencer, you're up next. Oh, man. Uh, I'll take um... – dang, dude. Uh, give me – I'll take my – I know my dark horse uh, will be the 10 car. And, uh, oh, man. Um, give me Kevin Harvick for the bottom line. Well, that's a good pick because I honestly was toying. I was like, should I take Harvick or should I yeah. take Larson? And, and, you know, people who wondering might be looking at it going, you know, Kevin Harvick, he hasn't had a great year this year. They, they struggled a little bit. And they have. There's no question. Even today, which is one of his best racetracks at Phoenix, Harvick wasn't normal what we've seen from Harvick. But um, for those of you who don't, I, you know, everybody says Phoenix is his best racetrack. I completely disagree. I think Atlanta is Kevin Harvick's best racetrack. He he runs that. He runs like a special line there and uh, feeds on the bottom of that racetrack. And he just gets around that place really better than anybody. Um, so that is a solid pick for Atlanta, and, uh, you know, he, he – that's why I was kind of playing between him and Larson, and I said, you know what, I'm just going to do it. Uh, you know, I got I to gotta catch some, some points here on Spencer. Got to catch me some uh, Let me review the picks. Yeah, got to review the picks here. Phillip picked Kozlowski. His dark horse is Reddick, which is a good dark horse, of course. 
Uh, Kyle Larson is Clayton's pick. His dark horse is Cole Custer. And Spencer went with Kevin Harvick, and his dark horse is Eric Amarola. So uh, something to keep an eye on. Atlanta Motor Speedway this week, I mentioned, triple header weekend for Cup Xfinity and Trucks. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch what they do. We'll review them all next week here Sunday on Talking in Circles. Have a good week, everybody. We'll see you next time. Good night.